0: I want to greet all of you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to thank the Lord that today is the day that the Lord has made that we may rejoice and be glad in it. This, I declare, is the day that the Lord has made that we may rejoice and be glad in it. I want to thank the Lord that you and me are able to communicate to each other through this media. I pray that you will be able to call your friends and family members and workmates and guys in the estate and text them and tell them there's a message that the Lord is releasing to the nations, to the church of Jesus Christ this morning from Destiny Ministries International. And that message is going to transform you and transform me, the speaker or the minister. I want us to talk today on the topic, when the river dries, when the river dries. This message is very, this topic is derived from the book of 1 Kings chapter 17 and verses 7, when the river dries, but I'll be speaking to you from chapter, 1 Kings chapter 17 verses 1 to 7. And this is where the topic comes when the river dries. I want to begin with a word of prayer. Let's pray together. Father, in the mighty name of your son, Jesus Christ, I want to thank you for this opportunity again and this privilege to come to have that I have to speak to my fellow brothers and sisters, those that are tuned in. Blessed be your holy name because you are going to speak to us like you have always done in those years that we've been doing this. Lord, I want to thank you because as I started talking about advancing through adversity, you have ministered to us. And even before this topic, God, you were still speaking to us. And after this topic or this series, you will continue still to speak to us. May your name be glorified and may your name be exalted and use me and blow me like a trumpet today and let your people hear you speaking to them in a language they can understand slightly above my human voice. Let this be to your glory and no other. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. When the river dries this is part four on the main topic, Advancing Through adversity. Advancing Through adversity is the main topic that I've been teaching, and this is the fourth part, and I want you to relax, sit and relax, and take a pen and a notebook or your tablet or your phone and get ready to write something down as the Lord ministers to you. I want us to begin by reading the Word of God from 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 1 to 7. The Bible says, and Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel, I like this, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall be no dew nor rain these years except at my word. You took of power, you took of authority. This is power and this is authority. Let's read verses one again together because I don't want you to miss it. The Bible begins by saying, A man like you and me, a normal man like you and me, Elijah, if he lived in your country or in my country, he would be facing exactly what you are facing and what I'm facing today. But here, what God is doing through a human being or a man like you and me with all the weaknesses and the failures and the shortcomings and the limitations that each one of us has, but hear what God does through a man. He says, And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before my stand, there shall be no dew nor rain these years except at my word. Verses 2. The Bible continues to say, then the word of the Lord, then during that time, the word of the Lord came to him saying, get away from here and turn eastward. Uh These are directions from the Lord. Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Kerith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook. And I want you to hear me well. And it shall be that you shall drink from the brook. And I have commanded the raffens to feed you there. This is one of the key verses in this text. It says, when you get to the river Kerith, then there will be water for you during the drought season, the dry season. And don't worry about there being no kiosks or hotels or supermarkets because I have commanded the ravens to feed you, but not everywhere, there. Verses 5. The Bible says, So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed by the brook Kerith, which which flows into the Jordan. Verses 6. Then the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. And as time went on, verse 7 is where our text comes from, our topic comes from, and the last verse for today. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain In the land. I repeated that word verse again. Seven. And it happened because it always happens. That after a while. After enjoying the provision of the Lord. After enjoying and seeing. You know the river flowing. The Bible says that river that he depended on. That river that he counted on. That river that had become so normal to him to drink from. The volume started going down. And before too long, it dried up, for there was no rain in the land. Help me as we go back to verse 1 and run down to verse 7 to help you understand the background of this text. King Ahab of Israel had married a pagan princess who worshipped Baal. She did not serve the God of Israel. She did not believe in the God of Israel. And therefore, when the king, Ahab, you know, crossed over and went to the Gentile community and married this woman because of her beauty and because of all that she had and brought her into Israel, she brought our gods with her. She brought our worship with her. She never bowed herself to the God of Israel. She never bowed herself to the God of her husband. She brought our God, the worship of Baal, and introduced the worship of idolatry and the worship of Baal to the children of Israel. And time, as time went on, the children of Israel who knew their God and who loved their God got influenced by this pagan God. Let me tell you the truth, guys, and I was not lying to you before. What you wake up to will influence you. What you sit around will influence you. What you... accommodate within you, which influence you, and it will start affecting the way you look at life and things and character, and finally to change your character, and to some extent like in this case, it had already influenced the people who knew the God of Israel and provided an alternative God that they could worship, and this was Baal. She went to an a point, She went to a point of even building temples for Baal, and the children of Israel started sacrificing their sons on those uh, uh, altars of Baal, and it annoyed the God of heaven. It annoyed God. It annoyed the God of Israel, who had been faithful to the children of Israel, and is raised up, is sovereigned. The Bible introduces him to us as Elisha, Elijah the Tishbite. Many of the prophets in the Bible, we are told who their father was, probably who their grandfather was, or most of the time we will be told who their mother was. But Elijah is unique in the Bible because the Bible doesn't tell us who his father was or who his mother was. It simply introduces us, introduces him to us as from from the city where he came from, which is the city of Tishbe. Or whatever you pronounce it. And it refers to him as Elijah the Tishbite, who came from Gilead. Because Tishbe was part of uh, the region of Gilead. And this is where this mighty prophet of God came from. The Bible says he came to the king. God raised him and sent him to the king of Israel with one message. And the message was very clear. He says... The Lord, as the Lord God of Israel, is started asserting his authority and is declaring his position. And he says, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall be no dew nor rain these years except at my word. Why was it necessary for Elijah to declare a drought for three and a half years? Why was it necessary for God, you know, to attack Baal or the worship of Baal by bringing a drought? I'll tell you why today. It's because Baal was believed to be the god of rain. The the, the 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 Baal was believed to be the one who sends rain, or the God of rain. The children of Israel, had, who knew that God is the one who brings rain to them and provision to them, had been influenced to think in their minds that Baal was the God who sends rain to them. And for God to get to the bottom of it all, and to address the, uh, the idolatrous situation in the land of Israel, he attacked what was very important to baal the rain that is assumed that he promised so he says you will know that i'm the god of israel because i will not send you rain and we'll see whether your god baal will bring you rain let's go to verse 2 now and kind of run down the text and see what we can find out or glean from this text and pick up things that couldn't help us at this time then the word of the lord came to him saying Go get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Kerith, which flows into the Jordan. Several months ago, the World Health Organization behaved like Elijah. It stood and warned the world that there is a virus that is going to sweep at the capacity or us. The potential to spread across the nations. This was uh, given, this was declared, this virus was given a name like every hurricane or storm as a name, and they called it the coronavirus. The World Health Organization declared that there is a virus that has originated from the the city of Wuhan in China, and that it has the potential of coming and sweeping across. Across the nations and it's with devastating consequences and because we are used to diseases coming and viruses rising up and war and famine in different regions that does not affect everybody else everybody took the war, World Health Organization you know warning to the nations as a big calculated joke but by January and February We started understanding that men were dying and they continued to die and it started spreading from China to the rest of the nations. And when Elijah declared that there'll be no rain, there'll be no dew, and there'll be no rain until I speak people thought that he was joking. People thought, oh come on, how can you say that there will be no dew, there is no rain, and you are a human being. Who do you think you are? He said before the God of Israel, whom I stand, there shall be no dew, there shall be no rain until I speak. Hallelujah. Until I speak during break time in heaven, I would want to spend some time with a lot of people, and one of them is Elijah. I would want to ask him, how does it feel elijah how did it feel to declare to the king of israel and to the world in particular that there will be no dew and there will be no rain until I speak. Talk about power. Talk of authority. I, I would want to rub shoulders with him. And even as I preach, I would want to really experience more than Elijah in my lifetime. Because it is good to walk with the God of Israel. It is good to know you are on the side of God. It is good for you to know. And as you, as you leave, as you do whatever you do, it is important for you to know whose side you are. In. Elijah knew that he was on the side of God. And with Jehovah on his side, he knew he is more than a conqueror. And whatever he speaks in his name, heaven will honor it. And he said, there is no dew. There will be no dew and there will be no rain. And truth over truth, there was no dew and there was no rain until Elijah spoke. But the most interesting part is verses 2 and 3. Verses 3 introduces us to the direction that Elijah was to take. It's amazing that just like COVID-19, it affects everybody. The presidents of superpowers, the kings of kingdoms, the emperors of empires, the queens of great lands, and the kings of great nations. Everybody, the poor and the rich, the educated and the non-educated. The same thing. The fact that the prophet of God, Elijah, declared this drought did not accept him from the consequences of the drought. It's amazing. The fact that Elijah called for drought and declared that there will be no rain and there will be no dew or there will be no dew and there will be no rain Elijah, God did not tell Elijah that I will send some custom-made rain for you. I will send some rain for you that only rains on your farm and that only rains on, you know, around your compound or in, around your development or estate or region. God did not send special rain for Elijah. His prophet Umi used to declare the drought. But he did tell him something. He did make provision for Elijah, and this is where I'm coming to. This is where I'm coming to you. This is where I come to you. This is where the rubber, you know, touches the road. This is where the, 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 the rubber touches or comes into contact with the road. There is drought that is affecting everybody, including the prophet of God but there is provision from god to his prophet blessed be the name of jesus i almost shouted hallelujah and what is wrong with shouting hallelujah there, there's drought that everybody is going through threatening the mighty and the strong the weak and the poor the rich the educated and the non-educated everybody is facing the threat but the lord made provision for elijah and the same God I talked about last Sunday, there I am of old, new and everlasting as a plan for you, my brother, and as a plan for you, my sister, there is a plan for you. For the Bible puts it very clear that God knows the thoughts that he thinks towards you and towards me, and they are thoughts of peace and not of evil. It was during the period of drought when things were not going right, when things were not working, that God comes and tells his servant, fear not. Do not fear because you have declared a drought or you have called for a drought. Do not fear. I have, I have a river. I have a river for you to drink from. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Don't fear. Elijah, you will go through the drought. But during this time, during this time of adversity, I have good news to the children of God. I have good news to whoever is listening to me, whoever has time to hear this message. I have a word for you from the mouth of the Lord, that Jehovah God, the God of Israel, that I am of old, new, and everlasting, has made provision for you. You need to find it. He tells Elijah, I have a river for you. I have a river flowing. I have set apart the river Caliph. And he tells him, go eastward from where you are. Go eastward from where you are, not westward. There are four directions that he would have taken. Elijah would have had the word of the Lord. He would have had the promise of God. He would have raised, he would have the promise of God, just like a lot of us, when they get a prophetic word, they run with the word and start fulfilling it that afternoon. If not that morning. If they got it during the night, they wake up to fulfill the prophecy. If they got it in the morning, in the afternoon, they are already f- running to fulfill the prophecy. If they got it in the afternoon, they are that evening finds them already doing what the Lord says they are going to do. And walk, acting the word and walking in the word of the Lord. And they forget that there is a time praying for every word that the Lord gives. Elijah had four directions that he would have taken. Number one, he had the word of the Lord, like you and me have the word of the Lord, and the promise of God that there is a river. There are orphans, but he was given a specific instruction, piece of instruction that I would want us to look at at verses three. He says, get away from here and turn where? Eastward. That leaves him with three other directions that he would have used. It leaves him with a westward. It leaves him with, it also gave him three other choices that he would have chosen to follow. He could have decided to go westward. He could have chosen to go northward. He could have chosen to go southward. That are directions. But God did not tell him to go westward, northward, or southward. He told him to go eastward. The provision for Elijah was from the east. Was from the east, it was not from the north. It is very important you ask yourself, whose side are you standing on? Are you standing on the side of the scientists who are, some of them are godless and they are atheists? Are you standing and listening to the media that tells you the negatives and the negatives and the negatives? Are you also listening? And there's nothing wrong with listening to the scientists. We need to listen to them. That's why they went to school. But they are not the voice of God. They are not the promise of God. They are not prophets of the God of Israel. They are not prophets of the God of Israel. There's room. A scientist will warn you according to scientific formulas and and calculations. But they don't base or submit their calculations. They don't submit their, their scientific formulas into the word of God. And therefore, a child of God, as you listen to the scientists speak, and I want you to, But they don't subject their words. They are following scientific formulas, and they are good. They have saved nations. They have delivered communities from Ebola, from outbreaks, and corona, and everything else. And we thank God that there are brains out there, you know, that have studied science to levels, to the levels they have gone to. But science still needs to be filtered by the word of God. Scientific formulas are not the voice of God. They don't replace the promise of God. They don't go against the word of God. I told you, God is not against science. The word of God is not against science. It is not against, you know, professional scientific formulas. It is above science. And for that reason, therefore, it is important for you to know, science declared, science predicted drought. Science predicted drought.